Hi, I'm Alan Hills, and welcome to the College of St. Rose's movie review and discussion podcast series, Cutting to the Chase, brought to you by the Campus Radio Club, Radio St. Rose. So for this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the movie Green Book, since it just won Best Picture a few days ago at the 91st Academy Awards. I finally watched the movie last night. I didn't see when it came out, but when it won Best Picture, I finally decided to watch it, and I have to say, I really am impressed. I thought it had great acting, terrific dialogue, authentic set pieces, and authentic music that went very well with the authentic set pieces, and I think the story was overall inspirational and very nice. And for this episode, I will actually be interviewing a very special guest over the movie. He is a communication student here at St. Rose with a concentration in journalism. But aside from that, he is a very successful film critic. He's been so since he was 10 years old. He's incredibly popular and successful, and he is the man behind Lights, Camera, Jackson. That's right, folks. He is Jackson Murphy. Jackson, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. It's so great to have you. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Alan. Appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. I think it really is long overdue. We both have the same <laughs> film critiquing interests. It's really great. So, uh, you saw Green Book when it came out, right? I didn't see it at first when it came out, but you see a lot of films like a little bit before they come out. So, you saw when it came out, right? I saw it at the end of October, a few weeks before it came out at oh, a wow. festival called the Film Columbia Festival, which is in Chatham, New York. It happens every October, and each year they get a lot of the big award season movies. This was actually their Saturday night sneak. So, what they do is they put out the lineup a few weeks in advance, and they call this the Saturday night sneak. People buy tickets for it. They have no idea what the movie is until the curtain opens. And their choice this year was Green Book. So people didn't really know going in that they were going to see Green Book, but I have to say they loved it. This was the feel-good, crowd-pleasing movie of the festival and maybe the entire awards season. That that sounds like it was very fun. I didn't know they do that. They don't tell people what the movie's going to be. They just open the curtains and there it is. And there it is. That's... It is really cool. And it's the first one that sells out every year, I'm told, by their director, Calliope Nicholas. That's really awesome. I'll have to check it out and try to go to that. So what was your initial reaction to Green Book? I liked Green Book. Uh, I thought it was a little too humorous and funny in places, but I sort of expected that because it's Peter Farrelly who did the Dumb and Dumber movies <laughs> and some goofy films in the 90s and the 2000s. It is a little more dramatic than those movies. I still thought the humor was a little too prominent in some places, but the thing I got coming out of it was Mahershala Ali, mm -hmm. a powerhouse performance. I liked him in Moonlight. I loved him in this. He is sensational. Vigo... Viggo Mortensen, I thought, well, is this really a stock character early on? Is he really overdoing it? And then you gradually start to like his character more and more over the course of the movie. I knew walking out of it it was going to be the feel-good film of the holidays, and I knew Mahershala Ali was going to win supporting actor. Didn't think it was going to be Best Picture, hmm. but I knew Ali was pretty much a done deal. Yeah, Mahershala Ali is one of the best new talents that we have right now. And as far as the humor goes, I do agree with you there. I was surprised at how humorous it was. But sometimes when you have a dramatic movie like that, sometimes the humor like helps a little bit. And I thought their, their chemistry was really nice. And yeah. I think Viggo Mortensen's acting has improved a lot. Because I'm about to say something right now that might surprise a lot of people. I was never a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings series. I like J.R.R. Tolkien's stories, but the movies, I thought they dragged a little too much to the point where they got uninteresting. And I really thought Viggo Mortensen's acting could have been a little better. But I loved him in this movie. I mean, he did a really convincing Italian-American. And I thought he was really funny because he just, he throws the chicken bones out the window. You know, he doesn't <laughs> care what he does. And that was really perfect. Yeah, he's better in this than he was in Captain Fantastic, which came out two years ago. He was up for Best Actor for that, a film that came out in the summertime that year that almost nobody saw. And I thought at the end of the year, looking back at the lead actors, 
why is he in this equation? He was all right, but why is he in this category? He deserved to be in this category this time. He definitely did. I wish he won, but even though Rami Malik deserved that Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody. He was amazing in Bohemian. Incredible performance. Yeah, it was a really competitive Oscars this year. And so you usually grade movies like a report card, right? I saw you yeah. say that in a video with Jay Leno this was really when you were- Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been doing that for a long time, grading movies on an A to F scale, yeah. What grade did you give Green Book and why? I gave it a B plus. Um, if I had to give it like a one to 10 score, it would probably be around an 8.5 to a nine-ish. A B plus is like a nine out of 10. It's somewhere in that park. It's not an amazing emotional experience, but it's a very satisfying experience with two great performances and some elements in the story that go in places you don't quite expect. Uh, And it does feel a lot different than many of the other movies that were out around that time. I think the reason why it won Best Picture of the Year is because it is the most feel-good film out of all the eight nominees. That's why the Academy chose it. Um, But yes, I like it a lot. Not quite as emotionally powerful as it could have been, but a very satisfying movie, a comfortable movie uh, with some good supporting work. Linda Cardellini Mm -hmm. and Sebastian Maniscalco, one Mm -hmm. of the most popular comedians right now. My mother is obsessed with him, and I like him too (laughs) because his humor is relatable. It's that kind of relatable humor that Jerry Seinfeld brings as well. Because of all of that, it deserves a B+. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I agree with the B-plus grade because the movie is a mixed bag in a sense. It might not be perfect, but still what it offers is a nice variety, mm. and I, I, I very much agree with your grade there. And so I know we've talked about this a little bit already, Viggo Mortensen, Mahershala Ali, but what do you think of the acting in Green Book? Do you have any more opinions on that? Yeah, you just see Mahershala every single scene, like from the opening scene. That's how I felt about Rami Malek too in Bohemian Rhapsody. From the first scene that he's in, you know he's in control. He's really in control. Vigo, it's a gradual climb. You think to yourself, all right, Peter Farrelly's going down this comedy shtick path. I didn't really (laughs) want to see it with this movie. He's giving it with Vigo. But you see that through the performances and through the script that is offered to Nick Vallelonga, the son of the real uh, Tony Lip. And and, um, that script has a lot of heart and warmth to it and honesty to it and you feed that off of those performances from uh, Vigo and Mahershala. Yeah, some amazing performances. Mahershala Ali did deserve that Oscar. I, I liked their chemistry a lot. It was really nice. And even though it was hostile at times, it gradually got better. And the graphic at the end sa- says that the real-life guys died within two months of each other in 2013. Which that is was, amazing. This, yeah. you know, the, this story has continued for as, lo- as long as it did. This relationship continued for as long as it did. You like to see those kind of things at the end in the credits, the what yeah. has happened to the people since. And mm-hmm. when I was at that festival as it's been in many cases with screenings, the usually older audience that is surrounding me at the screening appreciates seeing those kinds of things. Yeah, a couple similar experiences like that, I remember where you find out what happened to some of the characters. Like in that movie, Operation Finale, you find out that Oscar Isaac's character, Peter Malkin, died in 2005, I think it was, died Mm -hmm. pretty recently. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, 10 years ago, the movie Valkyrie, uh, Tom Cruise plays Colonel Mm -hmm. von Stauffenberg. He got killed by the Nazis. He got executed when he found out he was trying to kill Hitler. 
Hitler, sorry. But you find out that his wife actually survived the war and died in 2006. You know, I love it when movies mm. update you on how some characters lasted and made it through some tough situations. It is an inspiring thing to do in movies. I don't think uh, too many movies do enough of that, but I definitely think they should do that whenever they can. Yeah, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Another example, they talk about uh, Lee Israel, played by Melissa McCarthy, um, how she died fairly recently, I believe. Jack Hawk, uh, played by Richard E. Grant, who, who was probably the second choice for supporting actor this year. Um I believe he died on the day the movie was released. Not not 2018, but that same day of October the 19th, he passed away, and the movie opened this year on October the 19th. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's just as weird as Vincent Price dying on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I know, too weird, right? But so, yeah, uh, this is kind of redundant what we've been talking about, but would you say the two leads have effective chemistry? Yes, Um and the kind of this is a two person movie. This is essentially a two person movie. You have Linda Cardellini, who's in it for a few scenes. You have Sebastian Maniscalco, who's not in it a whole lot. You have the rest of the family members, but it's essentially these two people going to all these different locations. You have to have two uh, compelling leads in order to stay with the movie. Otherwise, you're gonna uh, it's gonna lose you very very quickly. Yeah. So you have to have two reliable people, and that's what they give you. Yeah, it is what they give the audience, and it's pretty great. And so Peter Farrelly directed this movie, and he's done a lot of different things in the past. So what are your thoughts on the film's direction? Yeah, I'm not surprised that he didn't get nominated for Best Director because it's not a director's kind of movie, as opposed to Bradley Cooper, who should have been nominated for Best Director for A Star is Born. That is a director's movie. I watched A Star is Born, and I go— I can tell that this guy loves movies, the art of movies, <laughs> yeah. and there was so much going on with, with the camera and with the overall vision. This movie, Peter Farrelly accomplishes a task of going in directions in his career that he's never really gone before. He lets his two leads shine. He gives the audience a feel-good story that has some decent social commentary to it. It is not a director's movie, though. It's a lot of scenes of them in the car— them standing in places, not a whole lot of movement. I like to see directing that has some movement to it. So I'm not surprised. Good direction, but I'm not surprised that he wasn't nominated for Best Director at the Academy Awards. Yeah, that makes sense. Why wasn't Bradley Cooper nominated? A Star is Born, I saw that too recently. That was fantastic. Yeah. And I really think Live Nation Productions helped Bradley Cooper make his vision reality. And that's something I would understand because I am a Live Nation employee. I've worked at concerts mm. and I felt like I was at one of them. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper should have gotten that nomination. But I agree with you that Green Book, it's not a director's movie. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Whereas the stars, I mean, the only thing I could say to the Bradley Cooper situation is people already knew he was getting get up for best actor. And because it's his first movie, maybe people thought it's not his time yet, but maybe. yet look at the powerhouse that he created anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm happy that at least Shallow won Best Original Song. Correct. It's a great song. It is. It is. It but really is. if he had written a line in that, he would have gotten an Academy Award, but he didn't write a single line in Shallow, so he doesn't get an Oscar. He's probably <laughs> kicking himself right now. I know. It's got to be really frustrating yeah. for all of them. But <laughs> I think A Star is Born deserved enough recognition. and you know, But but yeah, Green Book, is. Um, it's not a director's film. You're right about that. Yeah. Peter Farrelly is just a basic director. What are your thoughts on Dumb and Dumber, personally? What are your thoughts on that movie? You know, they're, they're goofy films. They're not my <laughs> yeah. favorite. I sat through Dumb and Dumber a few years ago and I was like what is this that was one of the worst movies of that year Yeah, I don't think I had it at number one but it was either two or three for the worst movies of that year it's just a painful silly experience so I am impressed I give him credit for going 
in a new direction, sticking with Studio Universal, but going in a new direction with this kind of movie. He needed a career shift. It was time. And this is that movie. Yeah, I didn't even see Dumb and Dumber Two because it just looks so dumb. Because you know, I I love it the looks first dumb. One. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I love the first one though because it actually has like some kind of clever humor to it. It's not right. just silly. But no, this was just slapped together for sure. Yeah, but Peter Farrelly he made quite the switch here, and I'm impressed by it. Mm. And so uh, going back to the point of uh, A Star Is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody, the Academy has really shown great recognition for a lot of musical films this year, a lot yes. more than previous years. And Green Book is a little bit musical too. In fact, it's very musical. Would you call Green Book? A music film? A lot of people consider it a drama, but would you call Green Book a music film? I don't think I would as much because even though Don Shirley uh, plays the piano and you see Mahershala playing the piano through a lot of the movie, it's not the same kind of music in the sense of live songs like In A Star Is Born or the Queen music throughout Bohemian Rhapsody or the elaborate production numbers of Mary Poppins Returns. It's not that same kind of level. It is a dramedy. At, you know that that's the best way I would think of Green Book. It is a dramedy. There's there's a lot of humor, but there's a lot of dramatic elements to it as well. The music is a supporting feature. There's some old fashioned music throughout that is very good, but it's not nearly as dominant as the other three films that I just mentioned when it comes to music movies this award season. Yeah, that's very true. The music was a supporting feature of Green Book. Still great. Very authentic mm. for the authentic 1960s set pieces. But mm. yeah, that's very true. I love the car. Didn't you love the car? Yeah, I, I drive that car. That is a beautiful <laughs> car. It's, it's, like, it's like a bluish green, isn't yeah. it? In a sense, I love that color. And, yeah. uh, and going back to the point of Mary Poppins Returns, which was a movie I absolutely loved, mm. why did Bette Midler sing the song at the Oscars? Well, because Emily wasn't nominated. And Emily should have been. A, first of all, Mary Poppins was my number one movie of the year. Emily Blunt was amazing. She should have been nominated. She should have won. Uh, yes. In, in you know, this Academy Awards time, these last few years have been very political for the Academy Awards. Yeah. Hollywood has gone in that direction as far as and the diversity, what gets nominated, what doesn't. You look at movies like A Star is Born, you look at movies like Mary Poppins Returns, and 10 years ago, they would have been slam dunk best picture contenders. Slam dunk, hands down. But there's so many other outside factors that come into play now. Emily Blunt didn't get nominated because Yalitza Aparicio for Roma got that fifth slot. They went in the political direction. Uh, The movie didn't get up for best picture because a lot of people have problems with Rob Marshall. There's a whole bunch of factors. But because Emily wasn't in there... She wasn't going to basically get out of bed and say, yeah, I'll sing the song even though you you really snubbed me. You snubbed my husband, John Krasinski, for A Quiet Place as well. <sighs> yes. So we're not going to show up. They didn't show up at all. So Bette Midler came in. I thought she was fine, but Emily Blunt was better when it came to <laughs> singing that song in the movie, a powerhouse emotional song. Yeah, Bette Midler did an okay job, but Emily Blunt is just amazing. It it was fantastic. An emotional powerhouse of a movie, Mary Poppins Returns, like A Star is Born, uh, gives you that emotion throughout. I honestly think uh, another reason Mary Poppins didn't get nominated for picture is that, to be quite frank, most of the people who would have loved, I shouldn't say most, a lot of the people who would have loved that movie are no longer with us. Yeah. You know, my grandmother included. She would have loved Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. A lot of people who were adults in 1964 as opposed to kids in 1964 would have loved Mary Poppins Returns because it stays so true to the original. Uh, So, yeah, award season's wacky. The Academy makes choices about who gets to sing songs, who gets to do what. So you thought she was just okay too, Bette Midler. You know, it was all right. It It wasn't shallow. 
That performance of Shallow. <laughs> uh, that was the highlight of the night. For highlight me. of the night amazing. and one of the musical highlights, I think, of the Oscars in the last 10 years or so, without question. Yeah, definitely the best musical performance at the Oscars I've seen in a long time. It was yeah. pretty amazing. And so getting back to the subject of Green Book, just for the sake of the interview, all great conversation, though. Yeah. Do you think the story of Green Book is well presented? Yes and no. I understand there are some controversies surrounding the authenticity of this movie. Uh, and the racial aspects of this movie. I feel like it is slightly a conventional film and, again, it appeals to the masses, and I think that's what they were going for. They want to get a little deep, but they didn't want to get extremely deep because they wanted a wide appeal without going down certain paths. So for what it was trying to do, which I don't think was going as far as Black Klansman, Black Panther, Vice, other movies down certain paths, it's fine for what it is. Yeah, that's very true. It is. It is. It's it's a decent story. It's inspiring. And I think it, it definitely is best picture material. So, yeah, very good points you made there. So I know we've talked about this a little bit a few minutes ago. What do you think of Mahershala Ali's Oscar win? What are your exact opinions of that? Great. Win? I'm glad he won. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a Richard E. Grant upset only because I wanted to see some shakeups. And we eventually got one with Olivia Coleman. But Richard E. Grant would have been cool because that's a great performance. And Mahershala won two years ago. But... He deserves that Oscar for this performance, um, and he gave a great speech. I saw him at the Critics' Choice Awards when I was out there in California in January, go up on stage, uh, do a quick little speech, uh, met him a few years earlier when he won for Moonlight. Great mm-hmm. guy. Um, very glad, very glad that he won again. And oh, he, he, I mean, two Oscars in three years in supporting actor is hard to do. I, I think that's almost unheard of. Yeah, it's it is pretty it is, amazing. It is pretty impressive considering the first time he won, he was not a guarantee by any means. This second time, he was much more of a front runner, but still not a 100% guarantee. Yeah. The fact that he was able to pull it off both times shows that people love this guy, love watching this guy, and will continue to uh, yeah, wherever he goes. Yeah, I think he has a very successful career coming, and he's a, he's very talented, like I just said. He, I hope to see him in much more. And so what do you—now here's the biggest question, since not everyone's really that happy about it. All right, it. Alan, here we go. What do you think of Green Book winning Best Picture? It was my second choice. I thought Roma was going to win, but Green Book is—it makes you feel good. You look at all the other movies nominated for Best Picture— uh, Star is Born, emotional ending. Uh, Black Klansman, political ending. Vice, political ending. Uh, what else was nominated? Uh, the Favorite. The Favorite. Oh, The Favorite's a wackadoo movie. <laughs> I'm sure it is. The Favorite is such a wackadoo film. It, it, leaves, it leaves people with a bit of a bitter taste in their mouth. Ew. Yeah, it does look like a wackadoo film. Oh, yeah, it really yeah. Does. It, it's, a, it's a weird ending and a bizarre movie. Olivia Coleman's good, but yeah. Um, yeah, out of all the nominees, Green Book's the one where you go... All right, I'm happy, I'm satisfied, nice story, and that's why it won. Because they didn't want to give it to a Netflix movie, they didn't want to give it to a a plain old political movie, Uh, they didn't want to give it to a superhero movie, quite yet, quite yet. Um, They go with Green Book, it's the safe choice, it's the fair, conventional choice. Um, Not surprised, if it went to, oh, Bohemian 2 was nominated, Uh, yeah, there was too much controversy surrounding Bohemian to probably give it Best Picture as well, but um, 
I'm not too surprised that it was Green Book. A lot of people – were you surprised? Were you surprised that it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Green Book won? Did you get that feeling? It, yes, I was a little surprised because all the other nominees, if you think about it, you know, Black Panther, Vice, and Roma, all these groundbreaking films, the scales of those films were a little more grand than Green Book. You know, So I thought mm. one of those movies would get the Oscar. But, That's an interesting observation. Yeah, Green Book has really simplistic production value. So simplistic yeah, it, is a good word also so I, to describe this film. It is a simple story. That's why I predicted it to win original screenplay hmm. over The Favorite because those were the two really in contention because I thought The Favorite goes in such oddball directions that most older Academy members would want to go with the simpler story. And that's why I chose Green Book to win original screenplay and I got that one correct. Good guess, but yeah, yeah it's uh, Green Book. I agree with you. Green Book probably was the safe choice, and it yes. still is best picture material in the end. Yeah, I think it deserved a nomination. Um, obviously, Mary Poppins would have been my choice for number one, well, and of course, I and, uh, yeah. and out of those eight, A Star Is Born was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but Green Book was my second favorite of the bunch, so I'm I'm happy it won. I'm I'm fine that it won. If listen, if Bohemian Rhapsody won best picture, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is an amazing Rami Malek and great costumes, and the rest of that movie, I think, is trash. Hmm. So if that had won Best Picture, would I have been angry? I don't know. I would have just been, uh uh-huh, the Academy went off the wall this year so much, and Twitter would have exploded. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, that would have been interesting if that movie would have won because I have not heard good things about that movie. I heard it was like choppy and historically it inaccurate. Is. Oh gosh, it's it's so choppy. It is just like what happened. But you see all the behind the scenes stuff, and that's probably enough for another one of these episodes of this podcast is to just go in the, the drama surrounding Bohemian Rhapsody. But so much behind the scenes stuff that that went into all that choppy editing. Yeah, well, in the end, it's a good thing it didn't win Best Picture. Rami Malik deserved that Oscar for Best Actor. But yeah, Green Book, in the end, really was a safe choice. So my last question for you is this. Would you say the messages in Green Book are effective? Yes. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Green Book. It was the end of October. <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. After you've seen all these different award season movies, and that comes fairly early, uh, yeah, it's hard to remember exact details. But I remember walking out of Green Book and thinking, yeah, it does what it should do. Um it's satisfying enough. The performances are there. They're the strengths. If they weren't as good as they were, it would have just been another average buddy dramedy. But because of the two of them, that really helps. So the messages are out there. Some people agree with them. Some people don't, like Spike Lee. But uh, <laughs> did you see Spike Lee? Yeah. He basically said uh, he said to the BBC, the BBC asked him right after he won his Oscar for Black Klansman, right after at the after parties, he said, uh, they asked him, uh, so wh- does, does Green Book offend you? What is it really about Green Book? And he said, are you British? And the guy said, yeah. He said to the second guy, are you British? And the guy said, yeah. He said, let me give you a British answer. It wasn't my cup of tea. And then he just <laughs> and then he just ran around and jumped. Ah! The video's great. It's online. Oh and then they cut back to the news anchor, female news anchor, and she's just shaking her head laughing. Yeah, Spike ain't happy because his yeah. movie explores racial themes and messages in a much more deeper and 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 um, yeah, deeper, dramatic, intense way than Green Book does. And he thought he got a lot more out of it uh, than Green Book did. But um, I think for what it is, Green Book's a good movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend you check it out. Not just because it won Best Picture, but because it's a good time. It's a good, it's a feel good. If you've got teenagers in the family, you gather the family around. It's a good holiday movie. It's got a lot of that going for it. Yeah, it'll be on TV in a couple years around the holidays mm-hmm. and do very well on TV. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. In the end, Green Book is a, a 
nice feel-good movie and it's hard for a drama to be a feel-good movie mm. but in the end I'm satisfied with its yeah. structure probably could have used a little improvement but this should be assigned to filmmakers in the future to definitely make sure your films have a little extra improvement because you know no film is perfect no mm. filmmakers are perfect but mm. but in the end Green Book is a nice example of feel-good cinematic themes and in the end I'm, I'm glad I saw it and that yeah. I talked about it in this podcast and and I really like it, and I'll probably see it again in the future and for years to come, just to feel good. Yeah, there you go. That's that's exactly what uh, Peter Farrelly hoped everybody would get out of it, so there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Jackson, thank you so much for taking time out hey, of your busy thanks, schedule Alan. to do I, this. I enjoyed talking the Oscars with you and Green Book with you. Everybody check out Green Book. It's uh, it's on DVD uh, and digital. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody check it out. It's a good movie. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jackson. I enjoyed this too. All right. Once again, I'm Alan Hills, and this has been Cutting to the Chase. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week. Thank you.